Welcome to the Chapters of Grace podcast. My name is Sarah. And I'm Heather. And we're two friends collecting stories of God's grace and sharing our stories along the way. Hey guys, and thank you so much for joining us for another episode. Um, If you haven't already listened to our first episode we released, it is kind of just an introduction to us, to the podcast, and just sort of getting to know us a little bit. But today we are going to dive into a chapter for Heather and I that um, we're excited to talk about because it's just (laughs) an issue that we, yes, it's an issue that we bonded over and it's something that we are just excited to share because we know it's something that a lot of people struggle with and we just want to shine some light on it and we just want to give God all the glory in this story and um, you know if you do relate we hope that this kind of just gives you hope and encouragement and if you don't relate maybe it can help you have some empathy for people in your life that you know that are struggling and kind of see it from a different angle um, and just give you some perspective so yeah let's just dive in all right So, um, yeah, I'm going to go first. Take it away, Sarah. And share my chapter on anxiety. (laughs) Um, So far in my life, it's been probably the biggest chapter. What's crazy is that I remember having anxiety when I was really young, um, which sort of was first um, present in the separation anxiety I would get from my mom. Um. It was extreme, and I'm sure that my parents reflecting back on that time, it was probably such a stressful thing to them Mm -hmm. because um, I didn't like to go, um, you know, to to children's church or to class, you know, uh, Bible study, Bible school, because I I needed to be near my mom. So a lot of times I would go into the sanctuary with her, cling to her. She probably couldn't worship, like, you know. Poor mama. Poor mom. She's a trooper. <laughs> but also, I um, I wouldn't go places. Like, I didn't like to go to birthday parties. I didn't like to spend the night at people's houses. Um, that was a big thing for me. I remember um, my mom, probably to get, like, a well-needed break, <laughs> tried to send me and my sister to her cousin's house, who had kids our age. And she lived... In Atlanta, I believe. And we were supposed to stay like a week. And I think I made it like a day and a half. And I remember. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I, I literally remember sobbing and crying and just being hysterical. And my mom had to drive all the way to get me like that night. Like I couldn't. I wouldn't rest. Oh, poor baby Sarah. I know. And <laughs> um, yeah, so I had. I just had really bad separation anxiety. And as I grew up that sort of transformed into just like full-blown anxiety, full-blown panic attacks. And I remember I was 15. I remember when I had my first panic attack, almost like it was yesterday. I was driving my car and I remember my heart just started racing and I actually started to lose vision. Oh my gosh, that's terrifying. So I had to pull the car over and I remember honestly feeling like I'm gonna die this is it this is how I die and just having a panic just couldn't breathe couldn't catch my breath and um had to sit in this parking lot for a really long time until I was able to kind of collect myself and then 
go home and it didn't really stop from there. It was constant panic attacks, constantly just not being able to calm myself. And I vividly remember when I would go to sleep at night, my heart would race. And every night I would say, I'm going to die tonight. This is how I die. And I would, I would pray like before bed, I'd be like, Lord, please just let me go to heaven. Like if I die tonight, just let me go to heaven. And I would always make sure like I prayed that prayer because I was, I just thought I was so, I was so afraid. It was just so enwrapped in fear. And, um, it's, it's strange when you Google symptoms of anxiety. I, I was very, um, I was, me and WebMD were close at this time. But when you would Google the symptoms, I think one of them is like impending thoughts of doom. And that perfectly surrounds how I felt. It was always, this is it. This this is is it. This is the end. If I had a headache, it was a tumor. If my back hurt, it was, you know, my kidneys are failing. If my elbow felt weird. Oh, I have bone cancer. I mean, it was right. it was honestly to that extreme. And we laugh about this a little. We chuckle because yeah. it's something that we deal with all the time. But like this it's is so in that moment is real. so real. Crippling so fear. Real. So real. And I mean, I honestly used to Google every I mean, I was always like, Okay, what does this mean? What does this illness look like? I have this. I would go my doctor, I mean, I would go to the doctor and be like, I think I have this and they would say, um, <laughs> no, I don't think you have that, you know. Um, But really, I thought I I had everything in the book. And I I used to go to my mom and be like, hey, I think I have this illness. We need, I need to go to the doctor. And she's like, okay. Okay. Yeah. So again, my mom was kind of a a rock during that time. She's the best. I mean, she didn't make me feel like I was crazy. Yeah. Which I think is important. Mm -hmm. But I truly in that moment felt like all of that was so real. Yeah. Um, and one of the things too, with that, in that same topic of feeling like impending doom sort of thought, I always was terrified that my parents would die. I used to have these sort of like downward spirals of thoughts where I would sort of go to the worst case scenario and say like, okay, what would happen if, what happens if my parents die? Like, what do I do? Or where would I go? Or who would, who would I live with? What's going to happen? What would happen to me? Yeah. Um, and even like with my siblings, like, um, and my anxiety would manifest into my dreams. I used to have, and I still kind of struggle with having like night terrors, but I would have dreams that my sister would die or I'd have dreams that my brother was like shot and killed. And it was very vivid dreams. And this stuff, just like constant fear, just sort of like gripped me mm-hmm. and wouldn't let go. And sort of got to the point where I would stay in my room a lot. I would kind of just sequester myself (laughs) into my room. Quarantine. That's kind of the popular word now. I was like quarantining then because I was just terrified of things. And um, this is actually something that I still have to break the pattern of. But when I would go to movies, I always look at the exits, even now just out of habit. Because I used to be afraid, okay, if an active shooter came in here, how would I get out? What would I do? And I can attest to this because we just went to a movie together a few like, months ago. And that was like and the you first just, thing like, check. out of your head. And I look at people and I watch them and I'm like, okay. And um, like if I went to a football game or if I went to a concert, like a big venue, it's like, 
okay, if there was a bomb that went off, what would I do? Like, that's just where my thought patterns were always going. It was always fear-based. It was always just the worst thing that could happen is where my brain would go. And I think a lot of times that we we can, like, begin to just feel like that's a pattern and that Mm -hmm. it's just something that we have to deal with for the rest of our lives. Oh, I thought I was stuck. I just thought this is the way it is. is I'm going to be afraid of everything. For the rest of my life. For the rest of my life. And... You know, um, I started, me and my husband started dating when I was a teenager. He was also a teenager. (laughs) We were young. (laughs) Just clear that up there. (laughs) Yeah. And he saw the sort of the beginning stages of it, and he really saw the peaks of my anxiety. He saw full-blown panic attacks. He saw being terrified to go places so we wouldn't go because I was, I would, I was too scared. Um. That happened a lot where, you know, we would have plans to go do something and I would say, no, I can't go. Like we had tickets to a concert and I remember being like, I can't go. I'm too, I'm too anxious. I can't go. And so like we just like lost the money on those tickets because I was so crippled with fear of going to this concert venue where something could happen. Right. Or I would have anxiety about seeing people, seeing people I know. For some reason that was like wrapped in my anxiety too, was seeing someone that might recognize me. And why that was encompassed in that, I have no idea. But so when when we got married, we both have that foundation, you know, in Christ. We grew up in Christian homes. We grew up going to church. But our our faith was so shallow that we didn't we didn't do the correct steps on how to combat that anxiety, not only together, but I wasn't doing it individually. I wasn't reading the word. I wasn't praying it. I was praying against it. You know, he wasn't praying for me because we were just, we were young when we got married. We were immature, you know, age-wise, but we were immature spiritually. Right. And one of the mistakes that, looking back now, I see that I did was, I put Gabe in the place of God. Mm. So I looked to Gabe to calm me down when I was anxious. I looked to Gabe to give me peace when I needed peace. I looked to him to comfort me. Yeah, like a security blanket. Like a security blanket. Mm -hmm. And not that your husband can't comfort you and can't provide you with peace, but I was searching I was wanting him to fix the broken pieces in me that he's not able to fix right because it's not his it's not his purpose in life to fix that right and so that was already an unhealthy balance in our marriage and one of the things about anxiety and I don't know if you can relate to this but I'm sure I can (laughs) (laughs) um it made me a control freak Okay, maybe not. (laughs) So, for me, because I had no actual peace, I had no sustaining peace that the Lord provides, I would have, I would try to create peace myself. So, it was artificial in a way. And the way that I could keep that peace was if I controlled things. Controlled every part of it. And it wasn't like I was consciously saying, I'm going to control this. I'm going to control this. But it was in my actions that I was gripping on so tight. Mm -hmm. So I was 
in a sense, controlling Gabe, controlling where we were going, controlling things in our marriage, controlling the finances, because I was gripping onto the things that I could control yeah, myself. the stuff that's tangible. Yes. Feel like you can hold on to it. And in doing that, I felt like the ground couldn't, you know, be pulled out from under me because I was holding on to it so tightly. And, you know, throughout that whole time, I had tried medicine. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you need to take medicine. Absolutely. You do what you feel is right for you, for your body. You know, that is your walk. But for me, um, I, I was never consistent with it. It also always had, I always had a lot of side effects. So I just lived in misery and thought this is life, yeah. you know. This is how I have um, to be. But truly, I think the Lord knew for my husband and I and that we were never going to have actual change unless he broke down everything that we thought we knew. And so essentially, in the gracious way that God is, he crumbled our marriage in a sense. Mm -hmm. And where my healing actually began was when I thought we were going to get a divorce. Mm -hmm. And honestly, everything, I mean, everything just shattered. It just fell to the ground. Mm -hmm. And it was in that moment where I truly saw God for the first time was when I was at my lowest, lowest low. And, um, we actually started going to therapy to try to heal our marriage. Yeah. And we were going individually, which I was so annoyed about at first. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to go to therapy without you. Like, <laughs> what is this? What is this? <laughs> but when we were seeing this Christian counselor, which I we're just. We're huge proponents of, of therapy. Yes. I think too often yes. in the, I'm going to jump in here, but yes, too often please. I think in the Christian community, the evangelical there's world. There's a stigma. There's a stigma surrounding yeah. it. And I honestly believe that mental health therapy, it all needs to be talked about. I, mm-hmm. I think that, you know, God has provided us these tools in the correct ways. They can be used and they can yeah. make a difference. It's just like you said with medication. Yeah. I think it's a great tool if it works for you mm-hmm. and, and it helps you and, and I think it's just really good that you're speaking out about that. I think it's really, really brave to yeah. speak out about that. Well, and I think too, like there's so many, there's so many resources out there and don't feel shameful. If you have to go to a Christian, and I do want to advise Christian counselor because yes, you really want to have a foundation of Christ when you're going as a believer. Absolutely. But I mean, meet with your pastor. Your pastor is going to counsel with you. Our pastor counseled with us as well. Yeah. You know, go to a Christian counselor. If you can't afford it, there's, there's ways to get counseling. Um, and you know, a lot of times your pastor may even do that for free and kind of be there to sort of counsel that. But, um, yeah, it was in counseling for me when I was kind of breaking down all of the root causes of that fear. And the counselor looked at me and he said, um, he asked me like if I, you know, prayed against it. And I said, yeah, you know, like I've been trying to pray against it. And he said, okay, but do you pray out loud? And you were like, oh no. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I went out loud, like, you know, I pray in my head. He said, no, I want you to start praying against your anxiety out loud. He said, even if you are home alone and you start to feel anxious, I just want you to start, if you have to start screaming, like just get mad. And I was like, this guy is a lunatic. Like <laughs> I'm not doing that. But this strange thing happened 
when I went home and I was alone and I started to feel anxious and I'm like, okay, I'm going to pray out loud. Let's try this. And I just started praying out loud and I just started rebuking the fear and the anxiety out loud. And there was this shift Mm -hmm. that I can't explain to you other than it was just a shift in my spirit of me taking that authority in my voice and saying, you have to go. Because for me personally, it wasn't a chemical imbalance. It was a spiritual attack. Exactly. And it was a generational curse that was never dealt with before. There's so many people Mm -hmm. in my family that are older than me that have dealt with this. Mm -hmm. And I refuse to let that be passed down to my children. Yes. And so there was just this shift and the day that I knew that, that that bondage was gone, that 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 freedom was there for me, was at our church we had a baptism service. And I did not sign up to get baptized. Like I was I was not gonna do that. I'm like, I'm good. I was baptized when she I was did, eight. No promise. There was no signing up. <laughs> and I'm standing there and my hands just start to sweat and I just start shaking. And the Holy Spirit's like, Go get in that water. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Lord, I didn't sign up. I don't, <laughs> I don't have the right clothes. clothes. <laughs> I'm not getting in that water. Uh, the pastor had already walked away. He went into his office, and they're, like, closing out the service with a song. And it was just like, move. And I went and grabbed – she's actually the pastor's daughter. She's a good friend of ours. And I'm like, I don't know what this is. I just feel like I'm supposed to get baptized. And she, she said, yanked <laughs> me up, slung open the door, and was like, Sarah's getting baptized. And just, like – I mean, she was really that – that push push. in the water that I needed. that great kind of friend. She'd do that for you. But when I got in that water and I was dunked (laughs) down and I came back up, truly, like true freedom from it. And I mean that wholeheartedly. And I think for me, there's this this moment now where I'm walking in freedom, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But my flesh has that habit of being an anxious person yeah. because I've been anxious since I was a child. Well, that's such a familiar spirit. And I think and it's comforting it's in a comfort- weird way. It is. It's comfortable. And, and you think about it, it's odd. Like, But there's pain there in, in the anxious thought and those anxious feelings. It's comfortable because I know exactly what this is going to yeah. do. I know exactly how to function through this. I know exactly. I've done what, it for so I've long. I've done it for so long. So it's a familiar spirit. Yeah. And the enemy has the same tricks. Of yeah. course he's going to come back and say, well, I did this before. I'm going to do gonna it work. again. I'm going to do it again. Yeah. And that's, you know, really where you have to stand up and say, no. Yeah. Not for me. And so I find myself now in freedom when I start to have those flesh patterns of saying, we're going to be anxious about this. We're going to start to feel worried or scared or fearful about this. I have to, again, speak that life over myself and say, no, you're not bound to this. You walk in freedom. You right. don't live by fear. You don't You don't have these chains. Don't hold on to these chains if you don't have to because we're not meant to carry that weight and that burden. We're not. And, um, yeah, I just, I'm walking in freedom but the enemy still tries to come in to destroy that peace. Right, and I think a lot of times we can get discouraged. People get discouraged if they 
feel like, okay, I've prayed, I've gotten deliverance, but yet I'm still being attacked. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that's part of it. He's still yeah. going to try to attack you and he's still like, he, he's still going to mess with you. Mm-hmm. And I think we often think, oh, well, he's going to, you know, the Lord is going to take that completely away. Well, the enemy's still out to still kill and destroy. Mm-hmm. He still wants to silence you. He wants to, you know, make sure that your voice doesn't speak out for the Lord. Um, so I think that something to keep in mind too. Yeah. You know, is, and you walk when you walk through this and you get deliverance from this, you know, you still have the now you have the tools to say no, I'm not doing this. I'm not going to live like this any anymore. Yeah. And I think it comes back to um the scripture where it talks about taking every thought captive. Oh, absolutely. And I believe you know that's something that I've had to do as well. You know, just you know begin to speak Jesus. Mm-hmm. If you can't say anything else and you can't do anything else, just speak the name absolutely. of Jesus over and over that situation absolutely. and that thought. Yeah, and I can't stress enough how important it is to be in the Word. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think for me that grip also was so much easier to fight those thoughts and fight that battle when I had God's word on hand. Mm-hmm. And from a young age, my mom had had taught me to memorize 2 Timothy 1.7, um, which is, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. That might vary, you know, the translation. Translations. But essentially, <laughs> I knew yeah. that God had not given me the spirit of fear. But... As you know, as you're getting those thoughts and you can just speak God's word over those attacks, it's just, it's life changing. It really is. And, you know, our, our pastor challenged us this in 22 to read, read the through the Bible through in 22 <laughs> and it is, it's been amazing to get into the word every single day. If you can't get into the word every single day. Try it. Just try as much as you can. Make that time with God. Pray. I mean, when I started really praying, like praying like my mom would pray, we used to joke that my mom, if she ever prayed over a meal, it'd be like an hour. (laughs) She's going to pray for everyone in the family. But when I started to really pray and really petition and really talk to the Lord and and give him the place in my life that I tried to put Gabe before and bring my concerns to him and my worries to him. And when I don't feel peace saying, God, give me the peace that surpasses any understanding yeah. of anything else. When I learned to do that, that was how I truly walked out that freedom, mm-hmm. was learning that, he, that God was the only one that was going to mend those pieces in me that were shattered. And he did mend them. He did heal them. Yeah. And And just think about it this way. when If you're still feeling anxious and you're like, feel like you're in freedom, but you still go back to that. The Lord has this beautiful way of sort of reminding you that he's close. Mm -hmm. When you have those anxious thoughts, when you're praying to God, you get to have that closeness with him in that moment, right? You know, you get to, if you didn't feel that, that anxiousness for that moment, you wouldn't have called out to him. Mm -hmm. It's almost like him saying, I'm still here. I'm still here. You're right. walking through that, but I'm still right here. I'm still giving you that peace. You don't have to worry. Right. And I think sometimes in our lowest moments and our, our moments where we feel almost like he's the furthest away is when he's really the closest. Oh, and yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm right there with you. And I've not left you. Mm-mm. And I see these attacks, but I've given you, you know, what, this, you know, power, spirit of sound mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and... 
he's giving you these tools to really mm-hmm. help you. Yeah. But, yeah, so here I am. I'm walking in freedom and trying to do my best to not fall back into those old thought patterns. And I think that's something we also really need to work on. Just, just myself, um, is the, you know, there's power in, of life and death is in the tongue. And I think we often say, well, I'm just anxious. Mm -hmm. I just have anxiety. Mm -hmm. I'm just an, and we need to, you know, I think we just need to stop. Like Mm -hmm. we need to really think about what we're saying. We're speaking, you need, we need to speak life over ourselves Yeah. and not that we're not anxious anymore. Yeah. Like you said, you're walking in deliverance. You're walking in healing. Yes. The enemy may use those old attacks on me, and I still may have times of doubt, but that's not who I am. Yeah. And that's not who I'm called to be. Mm-hmm. So I just want to, I just want to encourage you if you're listening and you are currently walking through that darkness of anxiety, there is hope, mm-hmm. there is freedom. And I just encourage you to um, just cry out to the Lord and just pray and just talk to God. You know, if there's, um, if you, Go to church, you know, talk to your pastor, find a friend that you can confide in and talk to them. You're, you're not alone. People struggle with this every single day. And um, I just want to encourage you, if you have been set free from it, talk about it. Yeah. Give your, your testimony. Story. There's somebody out there who needs to hear it and that you could encourage, that you could pray with, that you could specifically help through that journey and you know exactly how that feels and If you have a friend or a loved one who is going through that, I just hope that kind of gives you some understanding of their mind and what they might be going through. And I just hope that this encouraged you a little bit. And our next episode, Heather is going to dive into her chapter of anxiety and her great story. So (laughs) make sure that you stay tuned for that. And... I just want to thank y'all for listening and letting me give my testimony on the chapter of anxiety in my life where God turned it for good and he's allowing me to walk in freedom. So thanks for listening.